are listening to The Renegade Economist, investigating monopoly profits, great corruption, and the policy solutions demanded. Geeky but essential, the tools to the fairest and most efficient economic system awaited. With your host, Carl Fitzgerald. Welcome, dear listeners, to a very special show, episode 600. Wow. We've been friends for so long, haven't we? We know each other really, really well. I thought we might just take a step through global economic history from the beginning of our show, which began on September the 5th, 2007, way back then. Things were unfolding rather rapidly in America and already by September 2007, US land prices have been falling for 21 months since the first quarter of June 2006. And in Phil Anderson's incredible book, The Secret Life of Real Estate, he's uh, been on the show many times uh, discussing this 18.6 year uh, business cycle driven by the interaction uh, between land and the banking system that as land prices fell, it wiped out many small and medium-sized banks in America. Lending to small business dropped off because of that. Employment suffered, and it was some 30 months after land prices had started falling that Lehman Brothers blew up. So it wasn't long before uh, the, we were right in the middle of the GFC. Uh, everyone was trying to grab a handle on whether it was derivatives, you know, were they to blame? Uh, was it a convenient excuse for the banking industry to blame poor people for borrowing too much uh, rather than their own uh, poor systems? Or was there something deeper at play? In Australia, we had the Rudd government in power under Ken Henry's guidance, uh, the government went hard, went home and went early and gave bailouts to the household rather than the corporate sector as in America. And that did a huge job in staving off uh, the sort of economic calamity we saw in America. But what that also meant was uh, a raft of uh, incentives were laid out to bail the economy out in time with the electoral cycle and overriding one of the classic principles. Uh, one of the only economists that made any sense when I was studying economics was uh, Joseph Schumpeter. And he stated, the process of creative destruction is the essential fact about capitalism. Well, during this show's reign between uh, the GFC and the COVID crisis, We've seen that that creative destructionism uh, it really is minimised at all costs. Uh, despite the effects on uh, national debt levels, it's uh, all about bailout economics. But here we are on 3CR's Renegade Economists. And uh, yeah, for a long time, I've had this theme of uh, the show being about reforming economics as an interpretation of reality rather than a diversion play for monopolists. And that's that's what it's become, uh, this corruption of economics. We've had many discussions about uh, this uh, devolution from classical economics to neoclassical. 
where uh, the three factors of production were wound back to two. And this little clip uh, with my old professor, John Freeband, kind of spells out uh, this issue. Uh, This was from an interview, I think, in 2014. Just have to ask, because I I went through uni and virtually the first lesson, the number one formula written on the chalkboard was output equals capital plus labor. And the story was you are going to discover how that occurs. By the time it came to third year, almost the last uh, last lecture was, um, look, ladies and gents, um, output does not equal labor plus capital. And I'm sorry to say we have no idea why there are these disequilibriums going on. There, there's, there's a missing element to economics. Basically, I was shocked by this knowledge that output doesn't equal capital plus labor. So, uh, Professor Freeband, do you have a, an, an angle on why, why we can't get um, a f- the full picture behind uh, national GDP our output? I guess uh, the missing input is what you'd refer to as natural resources. Uh, so that's land. Um, and we can think of that in different contexts. Uh, we can think of it in terms of uh, agriculture that's producing food. Uh, we can think of it as location. So if you're in the CBD, uh, there's not much of it. Lots of people want to sit on it. Um, If you get further away from the CBD, not quite so many people want to sit on it. And if you get into the middle of the Simpson Desert, well, almost nobody wants to sit on it. Uh, So how do we allocate this limited land amongst different uses? Well, we have a price for it that's called rent. So there we have one of the nation's most respected professors of economics, John Freeband, saying, look, output doesn't equal capital plus labor because we have to include the earth. And the earth is represented in economics by land. It's everything above us, everything below us. It's even things that act like a land monopoly, such as natural monopolies, such as uh, uh, transurban owning so many of our uh, tollways now. Uh, we've got privatised electricity grids. Uh, we've got water privatisations going on left, right and centre. And really what neoclassical economics has done is pick the eyes out of what uh, the classical economists understood and recognised for so many centuries that those who owned the earth had a huge advantage over anyone trying to earn a wage or run a business. So, yeah, part of our challenge has been the need for the economics profession to recognize it is a science, a science that accepts the earth is not flat. And that's in a way how our economic framework uh, interprets the earth. It's as if there are infinite resources. And Peter Barnes, uh, in his classic book, Capitalism 3.0, talked about how in past times, back when the classical economics uh, brigade were in full swing in, in the 1700s, 1800s, there was an abundance of nature and a shortage of jobs. And today we have an abundance of stuff and a, a shortage of the environment, as best portrayed by carbon dioxide's part per million reading. What I've been trying to get across to the public is that Wealth really should flow to those who employ and create rather than those who hoard and wait. That's what a more effective 
economic system would do. And the white man's word for sharing is uh, spelt with these three letters, T-A-X, tax. And uh, we need to, sh to share um, this natural bounty of the earth, the natural bounty of uh, the monopolies government grants privilege to, uh, to all citizens. And we could give that out as a citizen's dividend, uh, a basic income, some of those sort of aspects. But uh, I believe, and uh, anyone who's read uh, and studied the details of Henry George uh, will understand that uh, if we actually use that bounty to replace taxes on the productive sector, we can actually grow the economy in a more sustainable manner. And that is because... Uh, when you think about it, uh, paying your your weekly rent is most likely your number one uh, long-term financial priority. It's the big ticket item that helps everything else in your life come together. Well, uh, you know, if that is our number one priority, why isn't it governments to actually have policy in place to ensure that affordable housing can be met. Let's go back to a clip from Real Estate for Ransom, say 2012, we're at now, this is uh, when when the film was released, uh, over 100,000 views, I'd love uh, people to check out real estate, number four, ransom.com, uh, 38 minutes, uh, sums up the story of uh, this show, of this, this classic battle between new and old money between those who own the earth and those who are just, uh, if you like, serfs. This age of neo-serfdom with these invisible chains of uh, record high mortgages around our necks alongside record high taxation. Seriously, there is a way we can split the right wing. So let's get into uh, this clip from Real Estate for Ransom. In the United States, 15 million Americans are unemployed. Homelessness has increased by 50% in many cities. And 43 million people receive food stamps. In May 2010, there were still 9,000 vacant homes in Las Vegas. Yet thousands were left living in tent cities. Local banks crashed because homeowners couldn't afford to pay their mortgages. Land prices and their mortgage repayments simply became too high for the reality of their wages. Today, one quarter of US real estate is in negative equity. About 50% of Latvian real estate is in negative equity. That means that the mortgage is higher than the market price. Many say that the global financial crisis was caused by Wall Street. It's fun kicking banks but there was a deeper issue at play. Derivatives were developed to transfer the risks in the property bubble away from Wall Street and onto the people. Those of us who have looked to the self-interest of lending institutions to protect shareholders' equity, myself especially, are in a state of shock disbelief. These essentially worthless pieces of paper were an insurance policy for the finance industry's lending. Banks willingly threw money at anybody who could sign their name. 
unsuspecting investors around the world were sold the derivatives to get Wall Street off the hook. The property bubble would not have occurred if there was an automatic stabiliser. Bad tax laws were the catalyst for the global financial crisis. A free market to Adam Smith and the uh, uh, physiocrats and John Stuart Mill was a market free of rentier income and today's neoliberals say a free market is free for predators. It's free for monopolists, free for land speculators, free for uh, bankers to extract as much income from wages and industry as possible. Today, a free market means an extractive economy in which wealth flows from the bottom of the pyramid to the top of the economic pyramid. As a result of the breaking of the bubble economy, the wealthiest 1% of Americans own an estimated two-thirds of all of the returns to wealth. This is more unequal than at any point ever since statistics had begun to be calculated. So you can hear there uh, Michael Hudson summing up uh, the the core issue of uh, this time, and, and you know this was nearly ten years ago, and we're saying uh, wealth disparity is at record levels. Well, we know what's happened uh, of recent during the pandemic that wealth gap has grown even further as the network monopolies of uh, Facebook, Google, Amazon, and the like have uh, claimed so much of the value of the time we donate to them and their networks by by spending money by spending time on their particular domains there, there needs to be a, a movement towards data sovereignty it's our data why is it their profits we've discussed this a few times uh, i still feel like uh, there's a lot to be um, explored in that space of uh, digital domination around about uh, that 2014 era we were um, in the midst of uh, still the Chinese boom uh, post GFC the Chinese government had pump primed their economy uh, at uh, record levels so much of Australia's iron ore flowed into China making billionaires out of people like Andrew Forrest in just three or four years of uh, of his term as uh, CEO. Sure, his shareholdings added a lot to it, but really it's the ownership of those assets that determines wealth. I've got a little piece of poetry that uh, John Jamison, a, a Prosper Australia member, um, wrote in to us. Uh, listeners, uh, understand you can get uh, a trial subscriber copy of our magazine sent to you a couple of times a year. Uh, But John wrote this nice little summation of this point in time, and it goes, Hope springs eternal. Whilst we have life, we can have hope. Economics, by whom, for the benefit of who? Never believe all you hear from economists based in the USA. Read more, then think again. Then try to learn to think better. You can make a difference. All it takes is to awaken the mind. Generate discussion and ask why does poverty exist today. Establish a caring attitude amongst your friends and associates. Overcome ignorance by choosing wisely from good mentors. Respect and learn to understand ancient wisdom. 
Get involved and study what we mean by progress. Energize your, your humanity as all lives matter. Make an attempt to read Henry George. And when you look down the page, uh, the first letter of, of each one of those statements says, Henry George. And he finishes, Make an attempt to read Henry George and understand his messages. So with that in mind, uh, and you know the knowledge that Gina Reinhardt uh, you know, epitomized... Uh, epitomized this sort of uh, Chinese mining boom era when someone made this incredible meme up online and it was it went something along the lines of a big photo of Gina and it said, uh, why don't poor people just inherit coal? To my mind, the inherited wealth of Australia belongs to each and every one of the residents, ratepayers and citizens that belong to Australia. The government should always remember they are being elected to represent the best interests of their community. If their community has its resources, whether it be land, minerals, royal, petroleum, whatever it may be, on land, under the land, on the ocean, under the ocean, these are the resources on which all life is being sustained. And it's incumbent on any reasonable government to acknowledge the fact that we should enjoy a reasonable share of these resources for our mutual benefit and improvement of our life. I think it's fairly obvious to everyone I've ever met around the planet, and I've worked largely on all five continents at one stage in my life, everyone is seeking life liberty and happiness and to achieve that I've never been attacked, annoyed, held to ransom by anyone with a full belly and a roof over their heads and something useful to do in their time using their labour. That's our only common denominator amongst all the human beings is our mental capacity to improve our lot and offer our labour. And when these things are being penalised, the resources taken and distributed to powerful corporations, most of them incidentally have their major offices overseas and they launder all these um, resources when they turn it into income, which we call money. This is then taken out of circulation. The government's minimalist tax policies are ridiculous. I said... I can't see why a Clive Palmer or a Gina Reinhart or an Alan Bond or any of these big boys have any divine right to secure for their private gain what is actually a community resource. And when you bring it back to those basics, it really is so simple. The advantage of owning the earth is so immense and over so many decades over so many centuries this was understood as a primal delineation between the haves and the have-nots but now we have 
a tax system that uh, is sculpted to benefit the haves and three part-timers. Well, wow, we're up to four part-timers now at Prosper Australia speaking to a uh, experienced campaigner and he said, look, even if you had 40 full-timers, uh, all ex-treasury economists and superstar campaigners, you'd still be struggling to counter the might of uh, these 13 different uh, think tanks set up by the right wing to uh, obfuscate uh, what we know is... Uh, is is just so unjust the prosper australia twitter account uh, put out a nice one the other day the market is so bonkers you only need to land bank for nine weeks to make six hundred thousand dollars profit it's unbelievable what's happening out there uh, in australia's uh, 2021 property market it was a townhouse was unsighted Bought for $2.55 million, held for nine weeks, and then sold for $3.15 million. Goodness me, I've been giving these examples for over 11 years, and uh, it hasn't really got much better. But uh, there are a lot more people who understand the role of property speculation. Apparently some 5% of properties at the moment are being flipped Incredible. Adelaide is the hotspot for property flipping. Goodness me. So, yeah, going over the show and uh, looking at so many of the issues we've covered, uh, there's been first homeowners grants, stamp duty discounts, land price inflation announced at uh, $300 billion a year, $400 billion. Uh, this Friday may well be announced i'm predicting we're going to add 700 billion dollars to the value of australian land and i've put it out there in the next five years land prices are going to increase by four trillion dollars it is incredible the show's visited taxim square turkey and the protests uh, there uh, alongside ferguson missouri in 2014 we've had discussions on the federal icac uh, in around about that era, we've gone on radical walks to San Francisco, visited uh, Mumbai slums, uh, Vanuatu back in 07, 08. Uh, we had a, a great visit there and uh, quite a, a, a focus on the Pacific region in that sort of 07 to 11 sort of period. I remember meeting uh, a Nevan in, in Elder there who, who mentioned, look, it's just magic money that comes out of the ground. And that's still one of the best summaries of, of this uh, role of the community coming together, living together, doing all these great things. Uh, but it's those who own the land who get to claim that magic money. We think if everyone left uh, that town, uh, there wouldn't be demand to live there. And so from that, uh, the value of land would fall away. So uh, it is really a community-created ground rent. We create this, so we should all get a share of it. It shouldn't just go to uh, aristocratic interests and the banking elite. That's what uh, this story has always been about. Yeah, we... we Dropped in on uh, the development of the Australian Environmental Economic Accounts, a world-leading sort of measure uh, looking to include both monetary and non-monetary aspects of our economy to, to give us a holistic view of uh, our footprint. We, we visited uh, Nigerian eco-villages and uh, 
the black groundwater that their oil wars left behind. We had Alana Hartsock on the full-spectrum dominance of U.S. imperialism. We had uh, a sleepover in a Detroit slum where uh, I was I was uh, led on a bit of a goose chase and uh, ended up half-sleeping with a massive thunderstorm overhead and uh, a guy snorting crack down the down the hallway it was pretty uh, freaky that night uh, you know so you know the the that international perspective seeing how uh, you know big finance uh, big capital was buying up swathes of Detroit because they knew climate change was coming down the pipeline they knew that uh, once frozen lands of Michigan would uh, soon become more arable as uh, Global warming swept further northwards, pushing people up, upwards and onwards. And, um, you know, even back to my own street uh, where I was living at the time in the Bray Bronx and uh, a horrible fire in a vacant home that ended up uh, catching on to uh, the indigenous guy Cliff who lived there at a beautifully manicured home and garden it was a you know he set for retirement but here was this vacant property that sat there for years uh, there were drug dealers there was prostitution all sorts of things people called it the Braybrook tip but of course the property owners there faced very little impetus to put it on the market and um, a fire started cost Cliff his dream home and uh, the fire probably did the owners a favour because it was a free demolition for them and uh, they put three townhouses on there, each of them at about $600,000 each. So, uh, you know, why shouldn't some of that money have have gone back to the public to uh, support social housing so Cliff had a new home built for him? Yes, so many, so many topics as I looked through uh, the years, the Greek debt crisis... We had uh, Friendly Geordies, Kenneth Davidson, Saul Eslake, of course, uh, the master, Fred Harrison. We had Mason Gaffney, uh, Polly Cleveland, so many great people. Our own Brian Kavanagh, Catherine Cashmore. We discussed carbon taxes, futurism, cyber squatting. My, oh, my. It's, uh, it really has been a pleasure to uh, bring this show to you and hopefully bring a sense of understanding to uh, a mad mad world because as we know from the movies uh, you know if you follow the money you'll you'll find out uh, the motivations of society and and what drives people to behave in so many ways and at at present our uh, our carrots are dangling towards uh, short-termism towards property speculation towards environmental destruction and uh, yeah, I just wish that uh, the role of land was more widely recognised in terms of our environmental footprint, where we live and how far that is from our workplace has for a long time been uh, the key determinant of our carbon footprint and all the transport we must uh, uh, spill into the atmosphere so uh, perhaps with electric cars, work from home, that's getting better. But uh, it comes out in other ways. We have huge data warehousing centers that use incredible amounts of electricity. And uh, we need to close that loop. 
So yeah, remember the next time you're looking at the BRW Young Rich list, remember that uh, the sort of tax shift we're talking about uh, and the possible tax cut you could enjoy is instead their ride to riches. So I hope one day we can halve our cost of living by uh, taxing land price back to land value, a reflection of our earnings. And that would enable the halving, maybe even removing totally of income tax and replacing it uh, with these taxes on land and natural monopolies. There's one thing's for certain, a radical future awaits. And I hope that includes one where we get our economic system right you know economics it means the management of the household and at the moment uh, home ownership has become a dynastic privilege where the bank of mum and dad enables uh, the same groups of people to to have the sanctity of somewhere to live but because economics is seen as so boring seen as untrustworthy uh, people look the other way and that dismal economics uh, needs to be rebranded as an integral aspect of defending our communities from rampant change, of defending our incomes from unnecessary taxes. There is so much money here that we could use to fund government if only it was recognised that this free lunch is not 2 or 3% of GDP, but 23.6% way back in 2012 when I wrote the Total Resource Rents of Australia report. All right. Well, there you go, my friends. Great to hear from Ronan in Ireland recently. Dominic in Inverloch. Uh, be good to hear from wherever you're listening. Do you sit in a hammock by the sea? You know, or is it uh, a train through uh, North Carolina? I don't know where it is, but I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to know that uh, you find this of value to 600. Well, there we have another edition of The Renegade Economist. Thanks so much for listening. Check out the show notes at prosper.org.au. Find me on Twitter at Earthsharing. Occasionally on Facebook uh, under the Prosper Australia banner. Yes, stay safe out there as we search for rational solutions to seemingly complex problems.